Welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers, where Weaver professionals talk about business and accounting. We'll explore a wide variety of topics from tax law and accounting standard changes to managing cyber, fraud, financial, and operational risks. What do these issues mean to your business? Join us as we go beyond the numbers to find out. Hello and welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining us. Joining me today are two fantastic guests from Weaver, and they're going to be sharing their insights with us today. We have Neha Patel. She's the partner in charge of IT advisory services. Neha, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And we also have Alexis Kennedy. She is the senior manager of IT advisory services at Weaver. Alexis, thank you for being here. Happy to be here. Excellent. Well, I'm really excited to get a chance to talk to you guys today. And we're here to talk about SOC reporting for supply chain. Yet even with supply chains having such an impact on consumers right now, I don't see many people talking about this topic. So why do you think that is? And why do you think this is so important to talk about? Well, you know, it's funny, but I do think people are talking about it. They may just not realize it. Um, really, if you think about the recent times during the, the pandemic that we've been undergoing, people were very aware that there was a shortage on toilet paper. Um, shelves <laughs> were cleared, cleaning supplies were gone, groceries even, and you know, face masks were a big talk of the town. But what people may not realize is the connection between all of these goods and services and their connection to supply chain. Hmm. Um, supply chain management is really a system of people activities, information, resources that are all getting a product from the start to the consumer, which is the finish. And so I think people are actually actively engaged with the conversation without realizing the terms supply chain management. So I think that that's part of part of what we're talking about here today. That's interesting. I did not know I was thinking about supply chain when I was like, where are paper towels right now? <laughs> you know, and you're just staring at a bunch of empty shelves. But no, you're, you're, you're totally right. So um, as we talk about uh, SOC reports, what's the what's the purpose of those? Yeah. So the premise of SOC reporting is really to give visibility into business to business relationships. So the force behind the reports is to allow the business to gain a more transparent look into the operations of the companies they're entering a relationship with. Um, the SAC for supply chain is also designed to provide the users with information that they may use to assess and manage the risk that may arise from the relationship with that particular supply chain vendor. Mm-hmm. Um, to clarify, which which can get confusing, the SAC for supply chain is based on the trust services criteria, which was first introduced in 2011 when the SAC 2 came to be. The criteria were established to allow organizations to evaluate whether their controls were effective to achieve their unique system objectives as they related to five specific categories, security, availability, processing integrity, confidentiality, or privacy. So to provide an example of that in the context of SAC for supply chain, if you're a company that relies on a producer to provide you a certain amount of raw materials each month, you could leverage this report through the availability criteria to see what controls that producer has in place to ensure they meet your quantity and timeline requirements for delivery of that specific raw material. Additionally, if you're relying on a manufacturer to manufacture a product in which the design and inputs to do so are intellectual property, Mm -hmm. you could review the entity's controls over maintaining the use of your IP intellectual property during the production of that process to ensure that it's remaining confidential so that IP doesn't get out into the world. Well, and adding to that, I mean, the accounting profession already understood the dependencies between the supply chain model and businesses and organizations. Mm -hmm. And so the whole premise of this SOC for supply chain is to highlight and give more transparency to what dependencies there are throughout that life cycle. And so even if 
you think about the world today, there's global dependencies, there's timelines, there's dependencies on delivery. Um, I mean, the world lives on Amazon right now. Imagine that life cycle, right? right, right. Um, so specifically, those risks are, are managed by organizations, by companies. And so if a company has a dependency on a producer or a supplier or a delivery organization, any impact to those tangential elements could impact their ability to operate effectively. Hmm. And this report highlights that element. Um, it gives visibility to the checks and balances of those tangential services that all need to work in tandem, all like a beautiful melody to ensure that you can get to the end of the game, which is to the consumer. So it's really a holistic look at logistics. Right. Exactly. Right, right. So previously, Alexis mentioned SOC 2 in the earlier segment. So Neha, can you provide some context on the difference in the SOC reporting standards? Sure. So SOC reporting, as Alexis said, kind of really got redefined in 2011. And since then, we've had in the marketplace a lot of understanding by SOC 1, which is over financial reporting, and SOC 2, which is really the best counterpart to what we're talking about today with SOC for Supply Chain. The basics are the same. You still have a report that mm -hmm. gives you transparency. You still have certain elements of the criteria that you're audited against. But really, the difference is who the audience is. The SOC for Supply Chain report is focused on those organizations that are producers, manufacturers, or distributors. I'm really giving insight on the supply chain management function. So it's a little bit more focused on that particular industry versus a SOC 2, which tends to be a little bit more industry agnostic. Mm -hmm. It's focused on operational risk as opposed to the industry risk that you may face. Um, but similar to the SOC 2, what SOC for Supply Chain does is it gives you visibility into cybersecurity risk, into management of controls. It also talks about risk assessment. And so the risks for SOC for Supply Chain would be more focused on product conformity. How are you distributing and following legal regulations? How are you focused on business partners in a very different way, more of a dependency for your goods or services, and then making sure that again, significant changes like global pandemics are a consideration in their impact to the, the customer or the organization. Mm, yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. So I understand why businesses need to have controls in place, but why should they invest the time and resources into SOC reporting? Currently, if you're a customer of one of these outsourced functions or you're a business that leverages a producer or a distributor or a manufacturer and you want to get further insight into the internal control structure, you have to do a few, you have to do a few different things. So mm -hmm. you either have to have a really good, that client has to have a really good customer service arena that we can call up and they can lend time to walk you through their control structure. A lot of times we'll see questionnaires sent over to the compliance department and they'll send back answers to those questionnaires, but those aren't validated by a third party. So you're taking them at their word for how those controls are implemented and operating. Or you can potentially request to go on site and do your own internal audit. Um, a lot of times you have to write that into your contract if that's something you want to do to be able to do that. Many times they won't allow you to do that. And if they do allow you to do that, it's very painful to try and get the resources to understand exactly what the internal control control structure looks like. Um, so on the, on the flip side of this, if you are the outsource function, you now have to entertain all these situations. And you not only have to entertain it for one customer, you have to entertain it for every customer that requests it. So it quickly becomes a cost prohibitive 
item within your industry or within your organization, and it does not allow you to answer the concerns of your customers maybe as directly or as accurately as you would like. Mm. Yeah, the alternative and really the whole benefit of doing SOC reporting is that it becomes a one-to-many relationship. If you're a supplier and you want visibility and you're a supplier to multiple organizations, by delivering this transparency, you're creating stronger relationships. And so there, there is a cost-benefit avenue to be considered, but there's also the the scrutiny and the transparency that is causing visibility to this product in, in a whole. And so I think that as the market continues to dive deeper into understanding their own risks, their own management processes, and their own controls, you'll start to see more people talking about SOC for supply chain in particular. It feels like it adds that layer of maybe trust and accountability. Is mm-hmm. that kind of towards the lines of what you're speaking about? Absolutely. I think that that's really the goal here and really the guidance that the auditors follow. That's really the benchmark by which we're auditing against. We Mm want to make sure that the data and the content that's included in one of these reports is really driving at the heart of what people want to read about. Mm. So Neha, as we wrap up today, do you want to provide maybe a summary statement just to kind of summarize the benefits of why SOC reporting is so important when it comes to supply chain and why maybe we'll hear more about it here in the future? Absolutely. I mean, this topic, specifically SOC reporting, has continued to be a market driver because people are seeking more of an understanding around risk management strategies and really effective engagement by business partners across industries. And so I think this one in particular, SOC for Supply Chain, really highlights a particular industry and in a particular life cycle. As these companies continue to be more dependent on one another, through the life cycle of delivery of goods and services, Mm -hmm. I think this will absolutely continue to be a talking point as as we continue to to thrive in 2020. Absolutely. Well, Neha Patel, the partner in charge of IT Advisory Services at Weaver and Alexis Kennedy, Senior Manager of IT Advisory Services. Thank you guys so much for joining me today and uh, talking a little bit more about SOC reporting. Thank Thank you you very much. And everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Weaver Beyond the Numbers. We appreciate you joining us very much. Of course, if you want more content from Weaver, you can always go subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts these days. You can go back and listen to previous episodes of the show. And also, you'll be able to get those future episodes right there on your device so you can listen anytime you want. You can also go to the Weaver website for more information. And of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.